0: Key point number three, spiritual warfare can be overwhelming. Now we're going to get into this big picture of the the actual fight, of what's going on. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, I looked up and there was a man dressed in linen with a belt of gold from Euphis around his waist. His body was like braille, his face like the brilliance of lighting his face like flaming torches, his arms and feet like a gleam of polished bronze, and the sound of his words like the sound of a multitude. Only I, Daniel, saw the vision. The men who were with me did not see it, but a great terror fell on them, and they ran and hid. I was left alone, looking at this great vision. No strength was left in me. My face grew deathly pale, and I was powerless. I heard the words, he said, and when I heard them, I fell into a deep sleep with my face to the ground. Suddenly a hand touched me and set me shaking on my hands and knees. He said to me, Daniel, you are a man treasured by God. Understand the words that I'm saying to you. Stand on your feet, for I have now been sent to you. After he said this to me, I stood trembling. Don't be afraid, Daniel, he said to me, for from the first day that you proposed to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your prayers were heard. I've come because of your prayers. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia opposed me for 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief priests, came to help me after I had been left there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to help you understand what will happen to your people in the last days. For the vision refers to those days while he was saying these words to me. I turned my face toward the ground and was speechless. Suddenly, one with human likeness touched my lips. I opened my mouth and said to the one standing in front of me, My Lord, because of the vision, anguish overwhelms me, and I am powerless. How can someone like me, your servant, speak with someone like you, my Lord? Now I have no strength, and there is no breath in me. Daniel 10 points, points out four things. Angels and demons exist, right? Angels and demons engage one another in spiritual combat. Certain demons and certain angels are probably given specific areas, governments, uh, geographical areas, our prayers in some measure enter into the effect of what's being fought. Our prayers do that. Listen to what John Piper says. I would conclude that there are high-ranking demonic powers over various dominions and governments and realms of the world and they work to create as much evil and corruption and spiritual darkness as they can. They strive to interrupt Christian missions and ministry as much as they can. Back to our churches. Spiritual warfare affects those things. It affects churches. It affects our world. It affects people going out and sharing the gospel. It affects individual ministries of churches. The vision begins here in verse 5 with the appearance of Christ. How do we know that? Well, we can look at Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1 tells us in verse 12, Then I turned to see whose voice it was that spoke to me. When I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the seven the lampstands was one like the Son of Man, dressed in a robe and with a golden sash wrapped around his chest. The hair of his head was white as wool, white as snow, and his eyes like a fiery flame. His feet were like fine bronze as it was fired in a furnace, and his voice like the sound of cascading waters. He had seven stars in his right hand, and a sharp double-edged sword came from his mouth, and his face was shining like the sun at full strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man. He laid his right hand on me and said, Don't be afraid. I am the first and the last, and the living one. I was dead, but look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and Hades." It appears that Daniel sees this vision while his companions only heard. Still, only hearing the vision caused them to run and hide. Daniel was once again left alone, draining him of his strength. He fell into a deep sleep because of it. Fell face first to the ground. Look at what that comparison to what happened to John. John sees this same image, and he falls like a dead man. Falls on his face. It shows us one thing. The intimacy with God will leave a mark. Coming face to face with Christ every day should change you. It will always change you when you come face to face with him. Daniel is then awakened by a touch of a hand. This most likely is an angel touching him to wake him up. He encouraged Daniel by telling him that he was a man treasured by God. Look at what God does here. This is something that should help us all. Especially when we don't hear from God in the time that we think we should hear from him. It doesn't mean he's not listening. Back to verse 12 in Daniel 10 don't be afraid Daniel he said to me for from the first day that you proposed to understand and to humble yourself before your God your prayers were heard I've come because of your prayers from the moment that Daniel began to pray an angel was commissioned by God to come with an answer the very moment because God saw his humble heart He saw his words, he hears his words, and he sends a servant to answer him. This is where we see the spiritual warfare come into play. A demon called the the prince of of the kingdom of Persia gets in the way of the angel for 21 days. Only when Michael comes to help the angel break free was the moment when when the angel could continue his way to Daniel. See, for 21 days of mourning, Daniel kept praying for 21 days, God, answer me, God, answer me, God, answer me, God, answer me. me." A lot of times in our own life, we go, all right, it's day four, I'm done. God, I got a clear answer from you. It's not going to happen. And we just give up. We just give up and we just stop praying. But Daniel had the faith and said, you know what? I'm going to keep going. You haven't answered me yet. That doesn't mean you're going to. You're not going to. God's going to answer it. God's God's going to answer your prayer, but you've got to keep praying. You can't give up. Pray until you receive a clear answer from God. It may not be the answer you're wanting, but at least it's a clear answer from God. And that's what Daniel's sitting here doing. He's not giving up. He knew that the prayer was going to change him. He knew it. That prayer could be the change that you're looking for in your life and the demons don't want to see it come to light. It could be something that's going to change your life forever and the, and the demons know that it's, that it's going to affect them and it's going to grow a church or it's going, to, it's going to cause you to go out and preach the gospel. They don't want to see that. And they're going to try to delay that, delay that, delay that until you give up. That's what our, our prayer has to do today. We're in the midst of it. We're in the midst of spiritual warfare in our churches right now. We're in the midst of it. The enemy wants to see churches fail, as I said. But we've gotta humble ourselves and say, God, help our churches. God, help Grace Point, help the church down the street, help the church across the country to grow. We've gotta continue to be missional, to preach the gospel, to live it out, to love others, we must continue to fight in spiritual warfare. And what I want to, I want to, I hope you're here in my heart that I want to beg you and plead with you on what that means in spiritual warfare. Is I want you to get off the sideline. Stop just attending church and then going home and not changing anything about your life. No, I want you to come to church, get refreshed in in the word and then go out and live it. Go out and live it. Humble yourself and say, God, I can't sit here, we can't rely on Pastor Charlie and Pastor Chris to grow a church. We've gotta be a part of that. I've gotta humble myself and say, God, we're coming together as a church to see it grow. That's gotta be our prayer. We've gotta pray for opportunities when we leave this building to say, God, show me someone I can share the gospel with. God, show me someone that I can invite to church. That's where our prayer and our heart has to be, is leaving this place and saying, God, let me live out the gospel. That's why we say it at the end of the service. It's a reminder that you are now, when you walk out of here, you're on the mission field and you're called to live out the gospel, to pray for our churches, to pray against the spiritual warfare, To pray against somebody is probably going, man, I want to go to church this week. Nobody's invited me. Or they're battling something themselves. And we are the answer to them through Christ. Saying, hey, come to church. Hey, let me share the gospel with you. We've got to be the hands and feet of Christ in spiritual warfare.